This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson. Boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. Oh, a sauce gardener. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! Van Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And the Jets are playing the Vikings on Sunday. So I wanted to get to know your foe. And this gives me an excuse to bring back one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite people to talk football with, period. One of the best writers out there when it comes to the sport of football. And I'm glad that now he's covering the entire NFL, but for many, many years he was covering the Minnesota Vikings. He previously covered them for The Athletic. And now for Pro Football Network, he's covering the entire NFL, but certainly keeping a very close eye on his hometown Minnesota Vikings, Arif Hassan. Arif, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me. You're too kind. Those those words. It's <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of fluff in there. I appreciate it. I should say, by the way, Arif, one of the times we did a show was when the Jets were interested in interviewing George Payton to be their next general manager. They ended up hiring right. Joe Douglas. Yeah. And boy, does it look like the Jets dodged a bullet there because George Payton may have pulled the trigger on arguably the worst transaction of all time, not only going out and spending all that draft capital to get Russell Wilson, but also giving him that insanely huge extension, which now ties them to Russell Wilson. Glad he didn't come here and do that with the Jets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, money moves, I guess, for the Jets. The Jets are looking really good right now, at least uh, least, uh, up and down as far as the roster is concerned. 
Yeah, I will say, though, the last time they were looking at potentially throwing a lot of money at a quarterback, it wasn't Russell Wilson. It's the guy that's the quarterback of the Vikings yeah. now, Kirk Cousins. Right. And Arif, you know, Kirk Cousins has always been a bit of a controversial topic because for several years he was in Washington and they didn't want to admit that he was the franchise quarterback when it was clear if you were taking away the draft position, he absolutely was the franchise quarterback. And then they messed that up so many times that he ended up being free to leave, goes to the Vikings, gets this massive contract, and then has continued to get paid ever since. And the argument against Kirk Cousins has always been he's not elite. He's not a guy that's going to put an offense on his back. But the argument for Kirk Cousins is he doesn't miss games. He's very reliable. And yeah, he'll have a couple of bad games here and there. But he's always among the top dozen or so quarterbacks every year. And that gives your offense and your team a chance every week. And it gives you an opportunity once you get into the playoffs to be a live team that has a chance to go somewhere. Now, the Vikings haven't had a deep playoff run with Kirk Cousins yet, but maybe this is the year, Arif, because they're 9-2. and two. It's been a weird year, though, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Before we get into the strange circumstances of how the Vikings have found themselves 9-2, and two, though, Kirk Cousins maybe isn't quite as good as he's been in previous years, but he's older now, so you don't expect him to be as good as he was in his prime. But he's still a guy that is producing at a high level and getting the Vikings offense to where they need to be each week to get these victories, right? A little bit. I would say that, you know, Cousins is playing well. I would say statistically, this is actually probably his worst season in a Vikings mm-hmm. uniform, um, which speaks to kind of how much more he can unlock. I think that there's an optimistic view of this, right? Which is that the Vikings have won a lot of games. A lot of those wins are because of what Kirk Cousins has done, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, if if he can kind of unlock some of the stuff that he did really well in previous years in the second and third quarter, you know, he's a he's been a really good play action quarterback. He's been a really good quarterback when it comes to standard dropbacks on normal downs and distances where, you know, the, there's still the threat of the run. Um, and and he's been uh, maybe consistent is the wrong word, but he's been efficient at finding ways to distribute the ball. Um, now he's been really inconsistent. I believe the Vikings are eighth in the league in the total number of three and outs this year, right? But they're scoring a lot of points. They're winning a lot of games. So uh, on the drives where they're not immediately punting the ball, they're driving down the field. They've been able to string a bunch of completions together, get a touchdown. They're the best first uh, drive offense in the NFL. Seven out of the nine opening drives they've had have ended in touchdowns. So there is kind of a lot here that Cousins is doing really well. I think there's also a lot of room for growth. I think for the Vikings, you could say that that's a good sign. I think also it comes to the same question the Jets have had, the same question the Giants have had, the same question a couple of teams uh, around the NFL have had about whether or not it is sustainable for them to be able to continue to win games in this manner. And I would say it's not, but I would also say that it is possible that they can find that consistency that Cousins has had in the past because he's doing really well at the things that people have criticized him for and fairly, right? You know, the the problems that he's had in the final two minutes of halves and especially games, the problems he's had when uh, the run gets taken away and teams know that he's going to he's going to pass and they can pin back their ears and they can drop their safeties and stuff like that. The problems he's had at kind of adjusting to situational football, knowing when it's important to just get a completion and drain the clock or when it's important to make sure that that completion can get out of bounds with enough time. Right. Those are problems that he's had in the past. Right now, he is acting like he's an expert at situational football. Maybe now he is. If he can combine that, plus, you know, he's been a little bit more improvisational this year. If he can combine that with what he's been able to do well in previous years, he can be 
an extremely high level quarterback. But I think that if you ask most Jets fans, you know, hey, would it have been better for the Jets, who I believe were offering more money but less guaranteed, would it have been better for the Jets to have gotten Kirk Cousins? I think a lot of Jets fans would say no. Um, and, you know, probably, you know, in a, a roundabout way, maybe they're right because of how good this roster is. I don't think they'd get there because Cousins would win them too many games, but not win them enough to to advance in the playoffs, if that makes sense, for them to be able to acquire, you know, the talent that they have, players like, you know, Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner and so on. Maybe true, Arif, but I would say we'll see what happens with Mike White and if Zach Wilson gets back on track. But if Mike White flounders and Zach Wilson doesn't get back on track, they may be looking for a quarterback like Kirk Cousins this offseason. So it may end up coming full circle. Perhaps we'll hear the names of Jimmy G and Derek Carr in the offseason. But for now, we'll talk about the team that Kirk Cousins is quarterbacking, the Minnesota Vikings. And as you said, the way they're winning games doesn't seem sustainable, and one of the reasons why is that they've been outscored this season. Their opponents have put up more points than they have, right. and yet they're 9-2. and two. That doesn't seem like something that can continue for much longer, does it? No, I don't, I don't think so. Their, their wins have been in close games. Their losses have been in blowouts. If you take a look historically at um, kind of what, what tells us whether or not a team is going to win in the future, the fact that they've won in the past is a soft predictor, right? It's not nothing. It's not no information, right? But it is low information. If you take a look at, you know, how many points a team scores versus how many they give up, that's actually a better indicator than how many wins and losses they have. If you take a look at how many, so, say, yards per play that they um, put together and and give up, that's a better indicator than their win-loss record. And then you can get into the more advanced metrics, stuff like, you know, expected points added. You know, the Vikings... Um, I believe are around 20th in the league in net expected points added. You take a look at something called drive success rate, which looks at how often you produce first downs, how often you prevent first downs. Uh, and, and the Vikings are around 20th in the league in that. And in Football Outsiders is um, DVOA metric, which is which is a, an opponent adjusted metric that combines success rate. You know, do you get, you know, say four yards and first down and so on combined success rate? and explosiveness into to one metric and then adjust it for the quality of the opponent that they're playing against, they're about 20th in that, right? Um, you take a look at some of the ways that they've won, right? You know, they were able to, uh, you know, block a field goal in the fourth quarter. They were able to uh, force a fumble on a punt return. They were able to recover a muffed punt. They were able to, um, you know, do these kinds of things like turnovers on special teams seem like the least sustainable thing on the planet. And what's interesting is that when the Vikings fumble on special teams, when Jalen Rager is fumbling the ball, he recovers it. Right. But when uh, they're going up against, uh, you know, Amir Smith-Marset, who's a former Viking, actually, uh, who fumbles the ball. And the reason that he fumbles the ball is because Vikings defenders have played against him in camp. and They knew exactly how to make him fumble. You know, I don't know that that's going to help them in the playoffs, right? <laughs> so so the ways that they've won also seem like ways that you can't really replicate. Like, yeah, Patrick Peterson interception, that's pretty cool. Like, that, you could see that happening again. That is not outside the realm of possibility. It was great the way that they played the Bills. But Chris Boyd forcing a fumble on, on Amir Smith-Marset, that seems, you know. Uh, and you take a look at close game record, and... You know, one of the teams that's most criticized for how poorly they do in close games is the Bills. The Bills are also one of the best teams in the AFC. So it, it kind of doesn't really matter because uh, in most games they win by multiple scores. So it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but also you take a look at teams just generally speaking in close games. That doesn't replicate itself going forward. You take a look at a team that's 8-1 and one in close games and you look at them for the rest of the season. That team, much more often than not, will go 500 in close games uh, following that. Um, so... 
that is another indicator that the Vikings really need to fix what they are, what they're doing in order to be a successful team going forward. And they know that. I mean, if you if you talk to the Vikings, if you watch the press conferences after their wins, this is the most somber looking winning team I've ever seen. Not that they're, you know, down in the dumps. I mean, they're, the spirits are extremely high, but they know they're not playing well and that they're getting away with it, which is a really good attitude to have. Um, but it also, I think, speaks to uh, how how unsustainable this really is. If it's going to end up being a sustainable formula for the Marif, it's going to come on the backs of the two superstars that they have, Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. And I will say that when I pick my two to six players in the daily fantasy matchup against the player projections over at prizepicks.com, I am planning to take Delvin Cook as one of my players. I think he's going to beat his player projection. When you pick two to six players over at prizepicks.com, if they do better or worse than their prize picks player projection, depending on whether you pick them to do better or worse, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money you put in. I think Dalvin Cook gives you a really good opportunity to do that. That's why I'm going to pick him as one of my players this Sunday. You don't play against anybody else, just against the prize picks player projection. You can do football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever it is you want. They've got it at prizepicks.com. Just use the promo code PLAJ when you sign up, and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. You put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Just go to prizepicks.com or the prize picks app. And put in the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. And like I said, Arif, two superstars. Dalvin Cook, who has been among the best running backs in the entire NFL this year, continuing to do what he does. And, of course, Justin Jefferson, who I think most people would agree is the best wide receiver in the NFL. I'm really looking forward to seeing him go up against Sauce Gardner, although I do think that DJ Reed is going to cover him with the help of a safety for a significant portion of the game. But we will get at least some matchups between Justin Jefferson and Sauce Gardner, and that should be awesome. Adam Thielen, as the number two receiver, has produced at a fairly high level. He's not anywhere near the player that he used to be, but he's got almost 600 yards. And how about TJ Hawkinson? Coming in here, he's only played four games after the trade from the Lions, the division rival, but he's already starting to pay dividends, 168 yards and a touchdown in only four games. So he's really starting to become something in this Vikings offense. Talk to me a little bit about what Kirk Cousins is working with here and what the Jets are going to be facing on Sunday with this Vikings offense. Yeah, I mean, there are, like you mentioned, just tons of weapons uh, to be able to use. It really kind of depends on on how exactly the Vikings think, uh, you know, is, is the easiest way to attack uh, that that really formidable Jets defense. I was actually talking to a couple of people, and it's interesting because you know if you take a look at some of the defenses they play, I mean they played some of the best defenses in the NFL: the Bills, the Cowboys, the Patriots. Um, but one thing we were talking about the Patriots game, one thing that we talked about was that you know the Patriots, their defense has been really great against teams that have one weapon, you know, somebody like a Nick Chubb or uh, something like a Brees Hall, right? Or or something along those lines where there, there wasn't a running quarterback that could create a, a secondary threat as a runner. There wasn't a strong passing game to work with. Uh, and as soon as multiple weapons appeared, either because there was a running quarterback, like let's say Justin Fields, or that there were multiple weapons that they could go to, say in the passing game and in the running game, things kind of fell apart for the Patriots. They could no longer act as if they were only playing DeAndre Swift when they were playing the Lions. 
um, the, the Jets defense is not very much like that. And that is um, a pretty big concern. Like you mentioned, DJ Reed is playing really well. Um, they've got maybe the deepest stable of pass rushers in the NFL, if not certainly up there. Uh, and so they can't take advantage of when the second defensive line is in there and 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 you're happy that you're not playing Quinn and Williams, you're playing with someone else. Well, now you still have to deal with the fact there's like a first round pick pass rusher. Right. And so you still have to deal with uh, with all, all, all of this mess. Right. And so um, whether they choose to throw the ball or run the ball, I mean, it's not as if the Jets are, are weak against the run in some capacity. It's not as if the Jets have, you know, are giving up a ton of yards to their secondary receiver. And so you're going to end up saying stuff like, hey, you know, I think that Justin Jefferson, let's move him away from Sauce Gardner for a minute. I think that Justin Jefferson could be DJ Reed. That's probably true. But can he be DJ Reed and a safety? You know, sometimes, you know, we, we saw Justin Jefferson beat some pretty interesting double teams over the past couple of weeks. I mean, he got 139 yards last week against double teams. And so. So um, it is going to be pretty difficult for for Cousins to figure out what he needs to do, especially with, you know, how quickly that pass rush can come. The fact that they've got a weakness along the interior offensive line that they have to deal with and the fact that they're playing against, I mean, Quinton Williams might be right now the best defensive tackle in the NFL. I mean, the fact that we can even put him in the same sentence as Aaron Donald is, I think, pretty extraordinary for the Jets. Um, but that's going to be a huge problem for them. You know, Cousins is playing better in terms of dealing with pressure in the pocket, but that's still going to be a big issue. I think that they're underutilizing players like Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne, both of whom are excellent, but they're still finding ways uh, to give them the ball, especially in the past couple of weeks. I think Thielen last week had... I want to say eight catches, only for 60 yards, but eight catches that were pretty important to generating uh, some first downs. And Justin Jefferson is acting as a really excellent decoy, a decoy that's still getting <laughs> 100-plus yards in a lot of these games. I think he's second in the NFL right now in total receiving yardage by about one yard, I want to say, to Tyreek Hill. Uh, and so, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to rely on Justin Jefferson to do that, but I think that they want a bit of a bigger game from Dalvin Cook. I mean, I think he's... Uh, over the past six, so the first four weeks were not great for him. He was having difficulty getting some explosive runs out there. Finally got some, and then he was able to string some together. I think right now, all-purpose yards, he is averaging something like 95, 96 yards a game um, since then. Since then, and um, and that's been obviously really important for them. He's been able to generate uh, six touchdowns in six games, I want to say, or seven games, uh, and uh, and a lot of that has come off of big explosive plays. So once he gets up to that second level. And I believe Quincy Williams is healthy enough to play. So that's going to be uh, another issue that they're going to have to deal with. But uh, once he gets up to that second level, he does a really good job, you know, breaking away and making sure that he can get, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards. As soon as he gets those first eight yards, there's a really good chance he's going to get the next 10. Uh, and so that has been a big part of that running offense because it's been very feast or famine lately. Like the past couple of years, Cook has been somewhat consistent, getting three, four, and then fifteen. Now it's like one, two, and forty, right? And and you know it's kind of you know which which one do you want? I don't know, but um, it, it's been kind of difficult to watch this running game sometimes until they break one off. I think that there's probably not a cornerback in the league that I would single up against Justin Jefferson and be comfortable with all game. But the ones that are closest are probably people like sauce Gardner who moves better than any six, two corner I've seen in a long time. People like Patrick Sertan, another really young corner that's kind of up there. And I don't know if there are any kind of veteran all-star cornerbacks that I put, you know, maybe Jair Alexander. I don't know. I think, you know, Jefferson's basically gotten the better of him in, in the past couple of matchups. Um, but th this is probably the closest you get to a cornerback that's got, you know, some capacity to help shut him down. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Arif, one cornerback I probably wouldn't bet on at this stage of the game to shut down Justin Jefferson is Patrick Peterson, but he doesn't have to because he's on the same team. He's had a pretty good year, though, for the Vikings. I know he had a really good day against the Buffalo Bills. And so when you look at Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, who's been a Viking for a really long time and has four interceptions this year, playing pretty well, and then the pass rush, Daniil Hunter with seven sacks. Anytime he's healthy, you know he's going to be a menace. And Darius Smith, who's been a bit inconsistent in his career, but has found a second life here with the Vikings with nine and a half sacks. You look at that and you wonder, why are the Vikings statistically below average in pass defense when they have guys that are making plays like that? Tell me a little bit about this Vikings defense and what the Jets are going to have to deal with. Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing to add is that Daniel Hunter had a really slow start of the season. It was really difficult for him to transition from a 4-3 defensive end to a stand-up uh, 3-4 outside linebacker. I know the Jets have switched between 3-4 and 4-3 a lot, so I think Jets fans kind of understand how difficult it is for some players to make that transition. But he has, over the past couple of weeks, been a really great pressure producer. His win rate has gone up, um, and he's been really good at making sure that he's getting you know a sack or two a game since then. Uh, but Zedaria Smith right now, you're right, is kind of that star of that pass rush. He's having... Um, a year that that kind of reminds me of the year right before his injury, where he was leading the league with, I think, 109 pressures. I want to say uh, Daniel Hunter was number two that year. Uh, and uh, and and he's doing a great job, you know, not just beating left tackles, but spinning around, making sure that he can hunt for the best matchup. He does a really great job against guards and centers um, when they can find a weakness along the offensive line. The uh, the Vikings defense does a great job, you know, kind of aiming him like a heat-seeking missile at that weakness and making sure that they can generate some pressure on the inside. The problem is, you know, the, the Vikings have, if you take a look at that roster, it is 
the starters are very good, but you know, unlike you know, I just mentioned that the Jets have really deep stable of pass rushers. The Vikings don't; they don't have any depth really in a lot of places. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I think that's fair. It's a new front office, a new head coach. The Vikings are playing a lot better than anyone expected at this point. But one of the kind of consequences of that is that you know the roster is not fully filled out to where it wants to be. If you really want to make a run, they've been really healthy up until this point, but now injuries have begun piling up. Uh, the cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson was Cameron Dancer. He's on injured reserve now. Then they put Andrew Booth there. He is on injured reserve now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they put a Caleb Evans there, who is actually playing better than Andrew Booth, their second round pick, who a lot of people thought was a first round pick, were not for injury concerns. Caleb Evans, a fourth round pick. He was playing really well. He got a concussion that took him out for, I think, two games. Uh, and so they were relying on guys that they grabbed from other practice squads. Uh, in order to fill that role, and that led to a lot of big yardage for for a lot of um, for a lot of receivers around the league. And you know, it's fair. I think that you know they grabbed Duke Shelley, who has played for his expectations out of his mind. But there's only so much you can expect in that scenario. So that's created some problems. When Cameron Dancer was healthy, there was a lot of miscommunication issues. Uh, he cleaned those up, and then he got hurt. And then a Caleb Evans goes in there. And he has a lot of miscommunication issues with the defense. The defense is not particularly complicated, but you still need to figure out how those zone handoffs work with those safeties. And and they've not been doing a very good job figuring out what their assignment is. So it's led to a lot of blown coverages. Patrick Peterson took a while, actually, I think, to, to play at the level that he's been playing over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and he got a little bit lucky. He was a little bit lucky, for example, in the first week of the season when Christian Watson dropped a pass, which he seems to be doing basically every first quarter nowadays. Um, but the difference was that Aaron Rodgers didn't go back to Christian Watson, which, if you take a look at the All-22, was really lucky for the Vikings because his athleticism was a little bit too much for Peterson at this stage in Peterson's career. Now Peterson's doing a better job kind of leveraging what off-coverage gives him and what opportunities that creates. No longer a huge issue for him, but that did create some problems, led to, for example, the problems of the Eagles game. Now, up front, the Vikings do have some issues at defensive tackle. Dalvin Tomlinson not being healthy. I don't know if he's going to be available for this game. He might be, but he was not available for the past couple of games. Again, not very deep at defensive tackle. Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, both very good players. When they have to rotate a guy in, it's somebody like James Lynch. They just picked up Kyrus Tonga, also from the Bears practice squad. Another player that's playing way better than you would expect, but it's still not good enough. Um, to consistently compete against really good offensive lines. And so they've been able to give up, um, you know, or they've given up uh, a fair amount uh, in the run game. So a lot of the defensive problems are a product of injury or they're a product of miscommunication. Um, Sometimes it is people adapting to this new defensive setup without really understanding kind of um, all the things that are demanded of them uh, and uh, and some blown coverages here or there. Um, I, I think that fundamentally, the defense is going to continue having these problems because um, you can never expect a 100% healthy defense when you head into the playoffs and that drop off in talent is big. And then making sure that your defense is playing in a system that, that maximizes them, which is right now, not what they're doing Um, because Harrison Smith is playing really well. He's also playing, you know, 15 yards off the ball. Um, There's only so many ways he can affect the ball. You know, the Vikings playing a lot of cover two, cover four, keeping a lot of their players away from the line of scrimmage, allowing a lot of underneath passes that it's no one's fault except for the scheme. Um, When you combine all these problems and a defensive scheme that is not fully online yet, um, it's going to create a lot of these holes in the defense. 
Arif, final question, but it's a multi-part question. First of all, where are you at with Kevin O'Connell and this new coaching staff so far? How do you expect them to approach this game? Are there any injury issues that we need to know about? You already talked about Andrew Booth, for example. And ultimately, how do you think this one plays out? You don't have to give me an exact final score, but how do you think this is going to turn out on Sunday between the Vikings and the Jets? Um, I, I mean, I think the, the fun, like at, at its base, uh, the the quarterback issue is uh, going to going to be uh, the dominant issue here. Um, if you compare the rosters one to one, and you take a look at the best players on each roster, right? So that could be Quinnen Williams and Justin Jefferson. You might take Justin Jefferson or Quinnen Williams. I think you've got an argument for either. I think wide receiver is a little bit more of an important position, so maybe I take Justin Jefferson. But then you start going down, you start looking at the fourth, fifth, sixth best players in the roster, and and the Jets are just so good. The Jets are so good, um, but it kind of doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback. And right now, the Jets, I mean, maybe Mike White, you know, he, I mean, he's had some really impressive games in the past. He seems to either throw a 110 passer rating or a 60 passer rating. I think that's all he has in his career. Um, but um, you take a look and you see, you know, players like Garrett Wilson going off. You see Elijah Moore kind of breaking out now that he's got a quarterback that will throw him the ball. Um, you know, you see, you see John Franklin Myers, you know, in whatever year he's in having just a stunning season for him. Right. You, you take a look at Quincy Williams, who was just bombed out with the Jaguars is having a, a pretty good year, right? CJ Mosley, I think is having um, kind of one of the best years he had outside of the first two years with the Ravens. Um, you take a look at that roster. It's just so good, but the quarterback issue matters so much that I, I would expect the Vikings to come out ahead. Now, to answer the earlier questions that you have about, you know, uh, how I evaluate the coaching staff and Kevin O'Connell, I think they've done a really fantastic job. The Vikings, by my estimation, should not have been nearly this competitive this year. They are. Um, the issues about sustainability do implicate the coaching staff, of course. And so it's not as if I think, hey, this coaching staff turned an 8-9 and nine team into a into a 9-2 and two team. That's really fantastic. It's not quite as simple as that. But still, they've done a lot of really good stuff, and they're taking the right attitude to these questions about sustainability. I do have some issues, again, with the defensive setup. I don't think the scheme really optimizes the players. I think a lot of that is trying to cope with the fact that you've got your switching systems and you've got a bunch of young players, and so you don't want to complexify the defense too much. But I still think that there is something there to exploit. But for the most part, I would say that this coaching staff has done a really excellent job. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's more to unlock. And um, and I really like, you know, kind of the Vikings chances in this game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hey, maybe the Jets could trade for Aaron Rodgers. Unfortunately, if they do trade for Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to be before this game. So it probably won't help the end result. Yeah. We'll see if it happens for next year. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily hate it, depending on how everything turns out with Mike White and Zach Wilson. If they do need a quarterback at the end of the year, there's worse ways they could go. Remember, Brett Favre, the last Green Bay Packers quarterback that came in here, was mm -hmm. killing it until he hurt his shoulder. Jets could have gone to the Super Bowl that year, so you never know. Arif Hassan, who covers the NFL for Pro Football Network and, of course, longtime beat writer who covered the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the Minnesota Vikings ahead of their matchup with the Jets on this Sunday with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing over at PFN and follow you on social media, how can they do that? Find me on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL, or you can find me on Pro Football Network at profootballnetwork.com slash author slash a Hassan. You can find all my stories there.
There you go. Make sure that you follow Arif on Twitter and read all his work over at Pro Football Network. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee eepublic.com and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply